Podcast episode 345. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And on this week's show, someone I just met but kind of immediately fell in love with because the energy he puts out is very much the same as my own. I welcome this week Kip Wilson. He is the co host of a podcast called Stoned Appetite, and he's also my compadre on Mile High Life. That's right, the network that hosts Happy Friday, the one that has great shows like the Gen X show. Let's Get Drunk and Talk About Your Wedding, Did That Age Well, Left Hand Right Brain, and a bunch of new ones has content from Kip Wilson as well. Now, here's where Kip and I are kind of similar. When I was in graduate school, I was a troublemaker. I know this will come as no surprise to anyone, but if there's a system, if there's a structure, I'm probably going to be uncomfortable in it and I'm going to create some trouble for myself. I did just that. But here's the funny part. I always did the work. And I was always really good at paperwork, which makes me an enormous pain in the ass when I work within an organization because it makes me damn near impossible to fire. And so as I was getting ahead on my thesis, and I became the second person in my department to defend my thesis, one of my friends, Elizabeth, said to me, you know what you are? You're an undercover overachiever. And in the case of Kip, let's just say game recognize game here. Because Kip, by his own admission, is like a degenerate gambler. He likes to smoke weed and eat food, likes to play golf, go to concerts, fuck off with his friends, right? These are all sort of out front in terms of Kip's personality. But what he's doing beneath the surface is really, really interesting. And I'm not going to spoil it because I talk about it in this episode. As we're sort of talking, I'm like, no, man, you say you're doing this, but here's what you're actually doing. And I think he agrees with me. I don't know if he's reluctant about agreeing with me or not. I don't particularly care, but I see what I see. And Kip is a good dude doing really interesting and important work in ways both obvious and very, very subtle. And I love that kind of shit. That kind of thing is right in my lane. That's my wheelhouse. I dig it. And so to say this conversation was fun is a vast understatement because we clicked like that. And man, we can talk. We can both go. We're two legitimate windbags here, and we're going at each other. It's really fun. I laughed a shitload during this episode. It's going to fly by for you. You're going to adore it. Now, a couple of quick plugs. I've mentioned Mile High Life already. So go to milehighlife.com. That website was recently redone, and it looks like a million fucking bucks. It's terrific. We've got Vic Lombardi's podcast on there. Episode three just dropped. Yours truly produced it. Vic talks with Mayor Hancock about how he rose to become mayor and one of Denver's only three-term mayors. And what's interesting is you get a little bit of sense of Michael Hancock, the politician. What you get a better sense for in this episode is Michael Hancock, the man. So love this episode. It's at milehighlife.com. There's a bunch of cool other content there. All the shows on the Mile High Life Network are there. And while we're talking about this, give some love to Happy Friday. That show continues to get better every single week. We're writing great segments. Our interplay is really good. It's a super fun show. We give you a rundown of all the cool shit from the week. We point you to cool stuff to do during the weekend. We get in some fun arguments. It's a great, great vibe. It's the way to kick off your weekend. It's Happy Friday. So go to Happy Friday Den on social. Give us a follow there. And if you have an idea for a segment or you have something you want us to plug, email us, happyfridaydenver at gmail.com. 
I'm on socials. J O A T pod is the handle. I plug this stuff constantly on there. So if you follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, primarily, you can find links to all that cool content this week. We're talking to Kip Wilson, host of Stoned Appetite, a guy who likes to smoke weed and eat food, and we have a very insightful, super fun chat, and it starts right now. Obviously, the I get to smoke pot and eat food for a living is a little bit of a game changer, (laughs) but at the same time... The every day is different is something cool. It gives you a reason to wake up. You're like, let's go meet somebody new or let's do something different that maybe someone hasn't done before. So something something I've been dying to know about you is you smoke pot and you eat food for a living by your what you just said. How do you stay in shape? Because like I see what you're posting and it's so much rich food. It's kind of a fickle beast. Um, you know, one thing I used to do, sorry, I stepped on the cat's tail. Um, one <laughs> thing didn't. I used to do is just try to casually work out, but I also lived downtown. So okay. it was, I didn't have a car for the longest time. So I would just walk, you know, everywhere we went, we were walking somewhere. And then the scooter game came around and I became a lazy bag of shit. Um, but for the most part, we try to stay a little bit active in our lifestyle. Um, I've had some injuries over the past year or two. So when I can be in the gym, I try to. Uh, coming off a of wrist surgery actually as of October. So just now getting back into the gym. But also key is, you know, the Instagram versus reality thing. Oftentimes there's somebody there taking videos of us or pictures. Or if I get a whole pizza, you know, no one's eating all eight slices. I'm not some <laughs> glutton. Uh, so You're I not doing try- man versus food. No, and I'm not doing port noise one bite challenge either. So, you know, I bring some home. But as a stoner, you kind of eat like... All the fucking time. So mine, I'm kind of a grazer, so I'm just constantly eating all the day. So while you may see four posts of us trying different restaurants, that could have been over the course of four days, or I shared that meal with five people. So there's a little bit more behind the cameras than you see. But we try to be physically active, skiing, golf, concerts, you know, whatever it may be. Well, I'll tell you. Anything except hiking. I don't care for hiking either. It's just staring at your feet, and then you get to the top. You're like, all right, let's smoke this joint and get the fuck down so we can go gamble <laughs> on sports. Wind, I just don't see. And then nowadays with so many people in Colorado, you have to, like, sign. There's a queue to just get on the goddamn lift to, or get on the shuttle to get to the trailhead. Yeah. It's just it's taken the fun out of it when it's just constantly packed and, like, there's dogs running off leash and someone's music. You have to, like, really try to find a little bit of seclusion, and I'm not really going to hike for it. Well, and, Kip, here's the deal. Like, I don't, uh, I don't really like walking uphill that much. Like, wait, what, I don't understand why it's fun. I don't, it, you're staring at your feet is a really good way of putting it. And I grew up here, so, like, I grew up in Genesee, which, when you're, before you have a car is like living on a fucking island. You're like Napoleon, like wasting away on the island of Elba, right? And so you you have two choices. You can like ride your bike, but you have to be like fucking Tour de France because it's all hills, or you can go walk your dog for a while. So I've done that, man. I don't need to, like, why would I spend a whole Saturday doing this? I don't get it. 
No, I couldn't agree more, especially on the hiking thing. Now, Colorado is a much more active state, but I, uh, I didn't grow up in Genesee, but I grew up in Mississippi. So it was very much, uh, you know, you needed a car to be able to get around. So if you didn't have a car, you were at the mercy of your buddies or yeah. him was living around you or if you, before your age. It was you just kind of hung out with the folks in your you know, immediate area because yeah. it was a bike, you know, bike community as well, but not like that Lance Armstrong, people of Boulder bullshit. <laughs> we're like, we're just talking about riding down the yeah. bike path to your buddy's house. Well, that's, that sounds far preferable to me, but this is Kip Wilson, the stoned appetite. And I, I came across you because we are both part of Mile High Life. In so your podcast is not under that banner, right? No. So the and po- neither is this one, which is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> but you know the best part is it's a what Mile High Life is. You know, it's a, a bunch of like-minded individuals from the community that are coming together to showcase what this great community or you know what that makes this community great and so um yeah me and my buddy chris byard and a few of my other buddies over the course about five years ago started this podcast and so um our social media page and our podcast had kind of grown you know to the point where it's starting to get recognized by yeah. digital media companies and so when nate and anilo and the team you know said they were expanding mile high sports to create a life and leisure brand would i like to be a part of that i couldn't have quit my day job quicker you know but (laughs) it was because i had you know this great community that has been kind of built amongst you know it's like we all kind of give and take but we've built this community on social media and on reddit and facebook and all and through the podcast and so you know it's really it's really freaking cool i'm really stoked to do it dude it's so badass like what's happening because it wasn't nate who actually found me it was jeff morton like, you know Jeff, right? I do. I love Jeff. And Jeff is amazing. Like, one of my favorite people. And so Jeff, like, he said, you just seem like someone I should know. You know, let's talk. Let's, we're developing this thing. And I go, hold on. And I went and found, like, three other or four other people that I really liked. So that was Molly Smith, who does Did That Age Well, and J.D., who, uh, who does Left Hand Right. Yeah, right. yeah. And uh, also produces Let's Get Drunk and Talk About Your Wedding. So, like, all these shows, I'm like, no, this seems like a good idea. Let me bring people in. And so then Nate is like, I need a producer for Vic's show. So I'm producing Vic Lombardi's show. Um, and so he told me about you, and I started following you. I go, oh, fuck me, man. We got to talk because, <laughs> like, what you're doing just is so filled with joy and so fun. And one of the things I love most is you say you're a champion of local business because you're highlighting all these like independent local places, checking shit out and, and bringing them publicity they wouldn't otherwise get. Um, well, I don't know if they would ne- not otherwise get, but one thing I noticed through, but, uh, I mean, uh, social media, uh, I'll push back to, on you though. They're there to suck the dick of like Torchy's tacos or whoever's, <laughs> you know, these Instagram influencers are just giving people whomever gives them a taco for free, right. the platform <laughs> and then saying it's great. So why should we actually tr- like, w- there's no validity to their claim. Right. If you start telling me Torchy's and Federales is the place when there's these great mom and pop locations, you just have to sit and listen to those in your community. You know, engage in a conversation with other chefs. Yeah. And so what we try to do was build some rapport in the community by interviewing chefs, not like charging them anything or yeah. asking them for free food, but tell us your story. And so by doing that, we've learned a lot and we've made a lot of friends in the community. And so I'm not a champion of local business or like trying to you know reinvent the wheel here. I'm just trying to make sure that our platform is showcasing the best of Denver from a local scene, because if I have to see one more person supporting Dave and Buster's style food <laughs> on social media, I'm going to lose my shit, John. It's driving me crazy. And so that's why we have a small community that 
you know, we like to work with, but also we have a lot of people in the Colorado community that are like-minded, you know, they mm-hmm. want to support the local spot, but they're also, they've been at the mercy of these people that have photogenic pictures telling you to go mm-hmm. eat in Cherry Creek for a $7 taco. And I'm really hung up on the tacos because, you know, it feels like the best part of Colorado is, you know, we talk about green chili, but the taco scene here is so much better than where I grew up yeah. and so much better than what is being shown on television and on social media that we need to be able to showcase what's going on in Aurora and what's going on in Inglewood and, you know, maybe golden sometimes, but like Westminster, <laughs> sure. you know, like the, there's strip mall finds that are 10 times better than the downtown eats that are getting 30 times the love. Well, so that's interesting to me because it, it reminds me of, a, so, so you talking about the Dave and Buster style food. Like it, what? How else would you describe? Some no, that's that stuff, right? That's perfect. That's, that's the best way to do it. It's like we have uh, we have southwestern egg rolls. It's like really no fucking shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I don't hate choppers, you know, who has great southwestern yeah, egg yeah, rolls. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to take it for what it is. I go there to drink double tall tequila sodas and watch soccer. I'm not there because they have knocked down, drag out southwest egg rolls. Yeah, no. <laughs> And if you ever found the knockdown Southwest drag drag out or fuck, I messed it up. But um, you get it. Where where are the taco joints? So my favorite. I mean, I think everyone's going to say South Federal, where you know there's yeah. a, a distinct language barrier as someone who only knows English. But I've had friends like the fat guy in Denver who owns a few Mexican restaurants that are tailored towards the white Americans. He's like, no, don't come eat my spots. Let me show you where. <laughs> and then I've had other chefs like Tommy Lee, who's a long, he's a native of Colorado, owns Uncle and Hop Alley, friend of the program. He's like, let me show you where we used to grow. So it's places like Tacos Marlene, you know. Mm. La Callea has gotten some, you know, notoriety in places like Westward to shout out Molly Martin for doing stuff like that, for going to places that have bars on the windows that maybe aren't as photogenic or don't have margarita trees. Those are the places that we're highlighting. Uh, One place I'm really high on right now is a place called El Sempa, Hmm. which does a tacos araba, which is the Arabian taco. So it's like on a spit and it's beef and they shave it off onto a flour puffy tortilla and then (laughs) griddle it with caramelized onions. So it's got almost like a sweet hue to it jesus it is divine that sounds exceptional mississippi avenue unsuspecting little spot and they have ice cold micheladas Mm. (laughs) (laughs) what are we doing for lunch i just answered your question john my my buddy uh so not far from here on east colfax my buddy owns a painting company called the perfect line painting and he works with all these latino guys and so they know all the dope spots to go in town too Right, so like tacos Acapulco down here. Yeah, like if you've if you've driven past it, you're like, eh, you know, it's like a dipshit, stuffy white person. You're like, eh, I don't know, you know. But the language barrier is real, and I love it. It keep yeah. it keeps you know the riffraff of Kip away. <laughs> right. But I want to get nitty gritty. I want my hands to be dirty. Yeah. Tacos Junior, Tacos E Papusa. Oh yeah, Both yeah. Are great Tacos E Salsa. All are fantastic on East Colfax. So, oh shit, you yeah. Know, Colfax and Federal really play well to the tacos, and then. I lean back on federal and like the the state streets, Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana area mm-hmm. for my Asian eats, along with Havana Street and Parker Road. Okay, let's talk dirty. No, that dude, it's, that I'm getting a little pants tent. <laughs> Going from six to midnight. Yeah, you know, just chubbed up talking food. You yeah, know, casual Tuesday. <laughs> Whatever today is. Yeah, well, yeah. What is today? I think today's Wednesday as we do this. They all run together. It's, when you, it's you don't snowing. It's bullshit. What brought you here, man? Because you you said you're from the South. Yep. So I uh, lived in Mississippi, Louisiana after college. Uh, for those that have been to the South, they realize, you know, 
If you've done it, you've done it. And so at 23 <laughs> – What does that mean? It's just like there's nothing good going for you down there in Mississippi if you don't already – like if you hadn't experienced, definitely go check it out. But I had done it for 23 years. So yeah. it's like let's get out of here. The humidity sucks. Um, but I had a lot of friends in the live music scene through college. We went and caught a lot of concerts and things of that nature. And this is a home – it's the mecca for jam bands, bluegrass. Mm. And so I moved and lived on a buddy's couch out in Boulder off of baseline in Cherryvale for the first couple months. Just How long ago was that? 12 years ago. Wow, nice. 11, 12 years ago. Okay. I had to figure out what year we're in. Um, and just lived with them for a couple months, got my ducks in a row, found a job, and then just spent every dollar I had for the next eight years going to concerts at Red Rocks and now, you know, and Phil Moore in the Ogden. And I mean, you just, how could you not love it? And you move out here thinking, oh, I'm going to be fucking Shane McConkey and ski every, <laughs> every winter, every day. And then you fall in love with the summer, you know, the yeah. Red Rock shows and not necessarily the hiking, but the camping and, you know, drinking with your buddies, take, letting the dog live his best life. Things like that yeah. make you never want to leave. And now I own multiple companies here. I've built a community here, you know, fell in love here, things like that. So I've... I'm not going anywhere unless we go into civil war, in which case I'll find me in Spain. <laughs> right. It, it would be too cold, but I'm of Swedish descent. I could f- probably find my people there, and the people there are delightful. But I don't like the fucking cold that much. Really? I mean, you had a little discontent when you said it was snowing. I was about to say, you have a gorgeous backyard as we're broadcasting. That's so, true. Well, I, I mean, do have the hot tub now. and We should have done this from the hot tub. I didn't <laughs> that would have been something. Bring, yeah. I should have brought the camera crew. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would have been something. Uh, let me get in a little better shape before we do that one. All right. You can join me at my gym. It's called Curves. <laughs> they also have a hot tub. You're familiar with yeah, Curves. Uh, yes. yes. That's, that's perfect for dudes like us. Yeah. And all joking aside, the Planet Fitness next to the Walmart in Wheat Ridge, it has now a Popeye's right in front of it. Oh, of course. It's, perfect. It's my biggest like downfall. It's like, hell yeah. Endorphins are high. Let's get a three-piece and an extra biscuit. So you recently quit your day job. How long ago was that? About a year ago today. A year ago today? Yeah. Wow. Is that when you found Nate or like was the podcast taken off? The podcast had kind of taken off. One, uh, you know, Nate, we kind of have multiple tent poles, which keep me alive. Um, the podcast and its medium, shout out to our sponsors, Standing Akimba Medical Dispensary. Um, and then we launched a cannabis dinner series, which has been brutally fruitful. Um, what we do is- Brutally fruitful. Yeah. So it's been not only great for business, but it's also been great in showcasing chefs from our community and introducing cannabis brands to the end consumer. So when you think of like cannabis infused dinners, you think of those neck beards or people hitting those hash rigs. Right. What we try to do is bring great chefs in from the community, uh, Chef Merlin Verrier from Street Feud, who worked under Graham Elliott and had a Michelin well, Street song. Feud right here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, may it rest in peace. But Merlin will be back in action in no time. Uh, Penelope Wong from Yan Wonton. We did a dinner fundraiser. Oh, my God. Yeah, right? And so we sell these puppies out. And so what we've been able to do is those two combination with now I get to work with guys like Scott DeHuff, you know, the same people you listen to on the radio the last <laughs> right. 10 years. He and I are running around gallivanting, trying to showcase cool events going going on in Denver on behalf of Mile High Life. For example, the psychedelic market this past right, week right. or when we went and tried to ride the bulls at the, at the, the stock, show. stock show. So, you know, it's awesome because we have these different, I guess, means or modes uh, to reach the community and to showcase content and create content. So I'm happy as a clam, dude. It's <laughs> great. But we do have three kind of pieces that all work together that make the, the life worthwhile. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, when I started this show nine years ago, 
and I'm 370-some-odd episodes deep. Jesus. <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy. They say consistency is like the number one thing, yes. and I couldn't agree more. 100%. doubled me down. Uh, well, lately, it's taken a hit because I have these fucking eight other shows that I do. One I'm on, and the other seven I produce. And so it's taking time away from John of All Trades, but I think about this all the time. I started this. This was a side hustle. It was a passion project. I was just curious about people. I, I wanted to learn about them. And as Americans, the first thing anyone ever asks you is, what do you do? Right? When you meet someone new, it's always like, oh, what do you do? Right? We're kind of defined by our work. And so I started this show because of that. And I was very just naturally curious. I had a knack for interviewing people. And I realized at a certain point, you do something long enough, and I won Westward Best of Denver in 2017. Congrats. Thanks. Done. Yeah, that was, um, I mean, shit, it's six years ago at this point. I need to stop, like, coasting on that <laughs> um, but or dining out on it. But it was right around then where if you do something long enough, people will go, hey, uh, I'm thinking about doing a show. Can you pay or can can I pay you to help me do it? And I go, yes. And, like, absolutely. Uh, please. And then it's like, uh, how much would that cost? I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I'll figure it out. But <laughs> considering I was a, uh, I was a, <laughs> a communications consultant, I knew about like hourly rates and I could like bid on a project and stuff. For me, and I want, I want to know if you identify with this, it was a certain point where I thought to myself, you remember that movie Wayne's World when Rob Lowe shows up with a $5,000 check and he goes, excuse me? It sounded Baking like, powder? Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like you were just going to pay me for doing Wayne's World. That's how my life feels almost all the time. Do you feel that same way? I do. In fact, Chris and I quote Wayne's World on a regular basis, and we're looking, we're actually about to open our first studio here in town. Shit. Um, where we'll be able to do our podcast on video formats as well going forward, just as y'all do with the discussion combustion. Yeah, and happy Friday. But um, we want that aspect of reaching new mediums, but we wanted that kind of vibe of the Wayne's World. So we want it to be a couch where it looks like that's not Wayne's basement, but it is Wayne's basement. <laughs> but we've been able to kind kind of keep our authenticity by not set like, you know, we work with who we want to work with sponsors, guests, you know, things of that Mm -hmm. nature. So we don't have the, that full aspect because we're not at the mercy yet, but I swear to God, if you know, like United airlines pays me $10,000 or, you know, spirit air or ride, I'll, I'll sell out. You know, so we're not there, but I would like to be to that point where someone's going to pay me because right now we kind of still have to do that hard work. But yeah, I do live the dream. If anyone asks, I win. I'm smoking pot and eating food for a living. I'm pretty sure. And I podcasting win. and just, like doing cool shit. Basically, doing cool shit. Like basically, you're going out and and you've turned what people do for fun into what makes you money. You know, I, I don't think it was I did anything there. What we did was we built this community yeah, of well, folks that are all smoking pot and eating food. And so we just found. But, dude, not everyone can do that. That you, you're, you're, you're being very self-effacing here, which I appreciate because, I mean, that's humility. But truthfully, like I've been at this shit nine years. I can't grow a social media community to save my life. And the reason for that is I don't like it. Like, I don't like doing <laughs> the promotion. True. You can, like, feel it. You're like, I don't even give a shit if this post goes up. Yeah. Like, I, I do and I don't. But yeah, no, for me, it's like checking a box. Yeah. Right? I don't love it. I can tell that you love it. Right? You, you love what you do and that comes across. And that's where the authenticity really matters. That's what you're talking about. But not everyone has sort of the appetite for doing that because at a certain point, my dad – so I've written on the internet since – 
the year 2000. 22 years. I'm fucking 23 years now. God. Um, <laughs> Back when Al Gore invented it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slightly after that. Thank God for Al Gore doing that. That and that magic box. It was amazing. No yeah, a series of tubes. Skits, um, but from Saturday Night Live, late 90s. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, Lockbox. Lockbox. That's yeah. it. Is yeah. the Lockbox here with you right now? <laughs> it's invisible. Strategery. Yeah. God, that, that was the. When, I'm sorry, I didn't railroad us, but I love a good tangent and yeah. Saturday Night Live skits of "We'll always do it to me." Sorry. Well, dude, here's the thing though. Um, my dad said when you have a weekly column or you're creating something weekly, it's a lot like being married to a nymphomaniac because you go, it's fun for a while, right? You're going, okay, this is good, like this is fantastic, like I'm living my dream, but after a while, you're going. Jesus Christ, this again? Like, this again? I got to figure out a new way to get excited about this again, right? And there are times where it becomes a grind. And I've never become actively resentful towards this show or anything. But what you create when you create regular content, and you said consistency is key, and you're absolutely right about that, is you're building yourself uh, a monster that eats and never gets full. You constantly have to keep feeding it, and that's not always the easiest thing. Is that ever a struggle for you? You know, so I guess one thing that we've kind of been lucky for in that aspect is that, you know, like the well doesn't go dry kind of aspect in terms of your passion bucket. And that's because the things that I like to do are smoke pot, eat, you know, travel, go hang out with your buddies. I'm a big golfer and a degenerate gambler as well, which, you know, is all conveyed through our social mediums <laughs> sure. and personalities. But, you know, I think the one thing that is great about it is that it's ever changing. You know, we have new restaurants that are opening up in Colorado. You know, we have chefs that new, you know, dynamics are occurring, whether it be like in COVID, it was weird because we felt we were being stale by asking every chef that was zoom interviewed, yeah. you know, what are you watching on Netflix? And so we took a small break, but what we learned was that we need to be there to help our friends that are chefs. Cause it's not Peter Parker's uncle's true. Like we don't have any fucking superpowers, but with, you know, with this power of wielding, you know, this size community and the listenership and these mediums comes responsibility. And so yeah. we want, you know, I take that responsibility serious. You know, I want to be a resource in our community that chefs can lean on, you know, Sometimes the news doesn't cover everything from our restaurant side. You know, Bobby Stuckey had to go fucking argue in D.C. for, like, restaurant legislation. Mm. I want to be an ambassador for that industry, not only for Colorado and not only for food, but for cannabis as well, but for across the country and across the world. Um, I'm headed to Spanibus over in Barcelona for an international cannabis convention in March just to go interact and see what's going on and what is a soon-to-be legal market because we're kind of— our foundation here in Colorado and it's starting to become more prominent in America with how our politicians are bleeding the communities and the MSOs are bleeding the small mom and pops dry I want to go see what's going on over there and then while I'm there let's interview some chefs and you know ch- you know eat some Spanish food so while you, we may think that the content is running dry by staying and hanging out in Denver we have a mission which is to make sure that we support these in our community that have always supported me but also you know to create fresh content and that means taking my happy ass to the mediterranean to check out the pot that they're smoking in europe and to eat 
ham and oysters uh, and I'll a little bit of octopus. You. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I apologize. It's a tough job. Well, and someone's got to do it, though. I mean, uh, somebody. We've got to. We've got to wear this brand. I, I dream sometimes of Spanish tortilla. The tortilla de patata is just outrageous. So, so this will be my first time. If you want to give me some tips, I will. Uh, you know, yeah. ch- get chubbed up and send me a long email. Be like, Kev, here's 49 locations. You've <laughs> no, got see, to try. it's been too long. All I can remember is, I mean, you mentioned the ham, and then oh God, the paella over there is incredible. The seafood's outrageous, but get Spanish tortilla. Just fuck, dude. It's like this. It's this fluffy egg and potato. It, it's it's outrageous. Like it's so bravas. <clears throat> no, not like. Well, no, not exactly. We, we'll look it up as soon as we're done here. Food but, porn. But one thing that that struck me as I'm listening to you is you've got sort of this, and I mean this with every term of affection. You've got this sort of dirt bag aesthetic that, yeah. that you're cultivating, right? A little Theo Vaughn, right? Yeah, comboed with a little Guy Fieri. Yeah, where you go, you know, I like smoking weed. I like. Uh, you know, I like eating food, I'm a degenerate gambler, playing golf, all that. Right? That that's sort of like it's a it's a very it's a very crafty facade that belies what you're actually doing, which is stealth advocacy. And that kind of thing, like when you can do that, because I just read it was on Defector, and Drew McGarry was talking about how he doesn't limit what his kids watch. And he said kids know their own limits in terms of what they're comfortable with. He took him to see John Mulaney go like do his live show, and I love John Mulaney, one of my favorite comics. And John Mulaney, his entire set was about his divorce and overcoming addiction. And he goes, "That will probably keep them off drugs, like hard drugs, better than any fucking PSA I show them or any lecture that I ever do." Yeah, real life testimonials, right? Where like, oh, he lived through that. I don't want to do that. That sounds like hell, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds awful. Going through rehab and whatever, right? So you are almost Trojan horsing in this beautiful piece of advocacy for the two industries that you love, but you're doing it under cover of this sort of dirtbag aesthetic, which I find really, really interesting, and I adore. I should have just canceled my therapy session for noon today and just sit here with you because it sounds like you've cracked it open for us, and I do appreciate it. But you kind of have to do that. You yeah. know, like what we've seen, and I don't know where I get my information and if it's true or not, but it's, you know, people on the Internet and things like that. But we're seeing more of this content creators are aligning themselves with brands just so that, you know, like if you trust this as a trusted source, then you'll automatically assume, you know, this brand because you also yeah, – it's you a credibility. Transference. You know about standing akimbo's great deals because I've hammered that point home, but you're also sticking around just for the casual food, like Food Truck Friday, which Chris drops every Friday. It's a new food truck and a story about them. You know, that's kind of the combo platter. And it's great for people, especially in that gray area of marketing or the industries, which we can't even get fucking safe banking. You know, like yeah. the cannabis industry has to be Trojan horsed at this time, especially when it comes to marketing and social media, because, you know, I can't give NIL deals to no. students. Uh, I've tried to sponsor the CU ski team. What better sponsor <laughs> than the stoners that want to put you on dank food in the mountains, but it doesn't fly like that. So, mm. you know, we don't mind being one of those ambassadors. Um, but with that means that, you know, you have to make sure that you're not smoking mids, but you're also not, you know, you have to kind of 
it's a fine line you dance because if you're out here promoting live well and MSOs, but they're not actually treating their employees properly and they're selling buster weed, then why are you going to trust me for my food recommendations later? Or, you know, if I have a new cannabis sponsor in the future. So with that, you know, we have to be a little selective and make sure that we actually use our taste or our yeah. insights. So there's a little more thought than just willy nilly, but yeah, I am a dirt bag. <laughs> well, dude, Kip, um, one of the things I, I always talk about because I've done, so what were you doing before this, by the way? I did medical sales and tech sales after okay. that. So over the last nine years, I've been a, a <clears throat> sleazy dirtbag salesman, but I was selling <clears throat> you know, medical equipment and then healthcare and banking uh, tech. Well, so I've done PR for some less than savory industries. <laughs> I, I have a lifetime of PR. Chevron of Alaska? <laughs> Not Chevron of Alaska, but uh, the first part of that, yeah, I've had them as a client before. And I worked for a company that actually bought them. So uh, Live Golf. No. <laughs> It wasn't Live Golf. Uh, if Live Golf came to you and was like, hey, we want you to sponsor, we want to sponsor the podcast, blank check you'd be like yeah i'll you know i'll whitewash your our sports wash your money would you do it uh i don't think so i would uh well fair enough <laughs> i would uh, retire <clears throat> i mean i'm sure after the contract was right right I'd right be like, give me a bill i'm out of here right so but what i was going to say was and see here's the thing i don't think you would i probably wouldn't because talk a big game uh, you, you, well and you're a master of misdirection dude you might as well be a fucking magician in terms of like and that's why this shit works okay <laughs> So because here's the thing. It takes a very long time to establish a reputation. It takes a very short time to destroy it. Facts. And so in the like in what we do, you know, you have to become this show that I do is impossible to market, right? Because it's like, oh, if you love this uh this one I did with this Wall Street hedge fund guy, you're going to love it with this dirtbag punk rocker who plays in Denver. Like that's not an easy sale because that's like a really hard fucking pivot. But if you become a trusted narrator and you go like, if you, if you follow me along, I'm going to give you good shit. And if you trust me, I become the red thread by which connects all of these weird disparate shows. And it's all sort of dependent on my taste. I have nothing that I've invented, right? I don't own a building. I don't own a patent. I don't own anything. All I have is my brain, my work ethic, and most importantly, my reputation. And what you're describing is you're not going to promote live well if they're not treating their employees well or if they're selling buster weed, right? So if – I feel bad that we threw them under that because I'm sure they do treat their employees. I was just saying like when you well, have those big companies that you have right. to be the face of is and, what I was saying. But what you don't want to happen is one of your recommendations to get to one of your listeners or one of your viewers and they go, hey, that recommendation sucked and you guys have clearly sold out. Right. I mean, yeah. that, that's like that's kind of a worst case scenario for something that could happen on your show. Right. Yeah. You know, it is probably like that's up there, like losing our, I guess, compass of, you know, like morality. Like, obviously, I mean, I love Popeye's and Waffle House because we grew up on those. Mm -hmm. But everyone takes them for what they're worth. You know, like we're not saying switch out your, you know, evening at Tavernetta, you know, for an evening at Waffle House or that it should right. be your date night. But it's a great place to take your kids on a Saturday morning 
morning where they can get messy, or if you're drunk at 2 a.m., all of those meals apply, all of which are great stoner snacks. But at the same time, I, we would be kidding ourselves if I wouldn't take that money. But from someone like McDonald's, for them to say, we'll give you $10,000 a month to say that we are the best burger in Denver, no, we wouldn't take that because we would lose our reputation. Yeah. And you're exactly right. You know, It took us five years to build this rapport with the community. Um, and so I'm not going to give that up. I'm not going to sell that. I'm not going to, what is it? I have my word and my balls. I'm not going to break either for anybody. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of what I've we never say. heard that one. That's an Al Pacino, I believe. Um, and so I'm not going to compromise our content just for a quick buck. Cause we found partners in the community that are willing to, you know, if I have to make the ends meet, you know, between two to three different, you know, avenues, then I will before I sacrifice the quality of the, the lack of quality of our podcast or the quality of our, you know, whatever. But I stand sure. by most of our food shit because <clears throat> we're not food critics. We're people telling you what we like. And yeah, yeah. if you like us, give us a follow. You'll find all the other stuff you like. Well, dude, and here's the other thing. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, what is it? My word and my balls. I'm not going to break either. What, one thing that you're doing also is you're not going to step over a dollar to pick up a dime. Right. Because once you sort of like take that short term money from like, let's say a McDonald's, then you're hamstringing or you're kneecapping yourself for for what this thing can grow into. And all like the only way that grows is through continued credibility of your reputation. And so if you sacrifice that for short term gain and I see so many podcasts fucking do this because people like I, I advise on a lot of podcasts. And one of the first questions that they ask me is, when can we monetize? And I go. You're asking the wrong question, number one. And number two, you're probably not going to like my answer. I mean, if anyone's getting in the podcast game to monetize, you better have a co-host that's Gilbert Arenas, which, you know, <laughs> un, un, Underdog just announced. But it's things like that. Yeah. Because you better have off, someone Spotify, who's already fucking famous. Spotify doesn't fucking pay you dick. Spreaker is only giving me about $140 a month. And yeah. that's not paying my weed tab. You know, <laughs> right? like I have a that's not paying my Coke dealer. You know, there's nothing it's covering. So, like, if you're getting into it to monetize, I started the same reason you did. I was like, it was a hobby on the side of me writing for a sports blog, and I wanted to tell the stories of the chef and the cannabis grower, and now it is a job. But that was five years of, like, paying for every meal because we weren't going to take just every free taco, you know, because – Wolf's Taylor doesn't have to pay someone to come in and try their food. You want to go try that food. Yeah. And I want to tell y'all about my experience. And so you have to start it as a hobby. And then you just have to kind of let it see where it takes you. Well, and position yourself to capitalize if it does grow. What do you tell those people when they ask how long until you monetize? I go, you're probably not going to like my answer. And they go, when? And I go, maybe never. Three years minimum. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, but probably never. Like, if, if in a way that's going to make a fucking difference, right? Exactly. You, like, you can get some shitty CPA deal where it's like, you know, use this checkout code at MeUndies, and like, you'll get, you know, whatever your nine cents on whatever purchase that is. But is that going to make a material difference? And all you're doing is making your podcast look uncool. Yeah. It's right? like, let me really hammer home this dude wipes ad. No <laughs> offense, dude wipes. If you want to hire us, that's cool. But like, you know what I'm saying? You're exactly right. Dude, I interacted with dude wipes on Twitter because I wrote a blog post about how heavy handed their copy is. Because And so like I, I, I basically like – and I – they found it and they saw it and they started tweeting at me and like thankfully they were pretty amused by it they seemed to have a pretty good sense of humor um but like it's ridiculous just how 
beating you over the head with the bro speak they're doing. And you go, dude, like, easy does it here, okay? You're essentially talking about fucking wet wipes. Like, like let's pump the brakes a little bit here. It's yeah. not God's gift to earth. But at the same time, you, there is a happy median out there. Like, sure. you can find people that have, you know, like-minded goals or an ethos that is similarly, like, looking into your own company's, you know, yeah. mission statement. And so that's, you know, it's really neat. And you along the way you meet a lot of cool people and I've learned a lot about how to cook at home, but also if I ever were to grow my own weed, which it seems more and more likely like it's going to happen this summer. Mm. And we have a nice little shed in the back. I'm getting Ah. crapped. Right next door here. They grow, they, they've grown a huge fucking giant weed plant and it's produced some pretty great stuff. But one of the guys is, I'll tell you off mic, but is, is one of the co-owners of one of the dispensaries in town. Oh, really? So, yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah. See, isn't it cool? Like, and I was talking with a brewery owner the other day who grows his own weed and he grows enough for himself, three or four different strains. And he has enough weed for himself to last the year. Wow. And he's like, but I only do it in the summer because the outdoor, it'll grow to the size of your roof of yeah. you know, whatever. You just got to let it do it. And the cannabis industry kind of needs to kind of get back to that way. And once we get legalization, we won't have to hide things in basements and in sheds or in, you know, warehouses. So the price of cannabis cultivation could get a little cheaper. But it's a very fickle beast right now in the cannabis scene. You know, uh, the black market's pushing out or driving down the price, you know, oversaturation. And now with a little bit of interstate commerce coming in play, you know, it's a very dog-eat-dog situation. So Mm. shout out to our cannabis friends. I feel for them. It's it's a tough road to hoe. Dude, Um, it's a tough one. Well, and... The cannabis industry was interesting because you had a bunch of stoners who loved weed, like starting it out. And then like business comes over Venture and Venture Capitalists got in the game. Yeah, and like, you know, you've got people with six sigma degrees, you know, who can <laughs> who, who can like, you know, optimize process. <laughs> And and it pushed out some Vince of some members. <laughs> and, you know, you had people who like didn't love the product, but were in it for money mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And there are good and things that are bad about that. Like I love craft or I love craft beer, but I also love Coors Light because Coors Light has unbelievable QAQC. Right there. The way that they ensure that Coors Light tastes the same, no matter where you get it. Anywhere in the fucking world, that's a, an amazing trick, right? And whether or not you even like the taste of Coors Light or Bud Light or any of the mass market yeah. bloggers, it doesn't matter. The way that they manage quality and consistency is really to be admired. And so you hope some of that applies to cannabis. It doesn't always play out that way. No, you're exactly right. You know, I feel like the, it started with, you know, the humble, you know, Emerald Triangle kind of vibe in 96 and things slowly have kind of grown out from it being a bunch of people with dreads to a bunch of people with suits. You know, the hoodies are no longer there, I think is what Chris Becker says <laughs> fairly often when he goes to these conferences. But at the same time, you do need that happy balance of both. You know, someone that can handle maybe, you know, growing a brand properly, whether, you know, and having Willie Nelson just be the face of it. Right, right. Kinds of concepts. But at the same time, we're losing a little bit of that quality that we see. So, like, when a cookie's, which, you know, everybody knows Burnery, he's everybody knows cookies you know it's mm-hmm. more of become of a, a a social media cannabis brand that everybody wants to try but when people take on that undertaking of being their grower in that state their quality of product drops 
dramatically mm. because they have stretched themselves too thin or they've lost that personal touch of being a small time batch producer. Right. You know, fat tires haven't just redid their recipe for fat tire because it grown stale on the community. And right. so you have to be able to stay inventive while being able to keep that quality. And so I think, you know, one thing that Coors Light or Miller's Light and all those folks do well is they align themselves with folks that have like similar messaging. So you hear podcasts like Pardon My Take or have people just tweeting pictures of blue mountains from the side of a Coors can. And it's not like they reinvented the wheel. They reinvented their message, right. you know? And so it's all about kind of without sacrificing quality how can you you know pivot on a regular basis and so we're you know as podcast hosts we're trying to do that to avoid being stale you know we're starting season five here in january and we've switched from one episode to two where our guests drop on thursdays and on tuesdays we talk about current affairs in the cannabis and food world nice. so we we did you know you got to mix it up you, know, you got to stay fresh or you're fucked i did uh, i did a whole series called john's audio resume where I went through an entire, like, my entire work history, starting my first job was in the bindery of a printing company. What is, is that where you, like, what is the bindery of a... So think, think about the binding on, like... Um, I, I mean, I, I think Dunder Mifflin, if you say paper, paper company. So, so no, I'm like... I'm um, singing Michael Scott quotes right So, now. like, um, <laughs> like magazines... Or like, okay. um, so like, you know how the there would be like a, a stitch or like Playboy, that's called a perfect bind okay. or like, um, you know, wh- where it's like the, where it's like a square edge, right? That's yeah, called saw- a perfect binding. Gotcha. Um, and then there's a saddle stitch and then I still remember this shit. And then like we had a I folder. That home. I could still sell you cut cut nines <laughs> from high school if you want me to. <laughs> I'm all set. But, uh, what's funny is like, and then we had a folder where we would do like brochures and stuff. And then we had like. Uh, like a drill press that would do uh, holes if things needed to go in in three ring binders. That was a brutal job, and my entire hand was covered in paper cuts. Like the like that whole summer, I'm you were the death by a thousand paper cuts uh-huh. guy. I was. It was 16 years old. I was working from two to midnight, four days a week. It's factory work, bro. It was awful. Where this was in Genesee? No, uh, I was um, about to say they let y'all do that in Colorado. No, so this uh, was in Malaysia. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they, they they outsourced me to Bangladesh. It was fucked. Uh, Gorgeous food. <laughs> delightful people, too. <laughs> but uh, it was a family friend. He owned that company. And so my dad's like, yeah, let's, let's give him a taste of manual labor. And so I'm like, I went and did it. And I did it for like two and a half months. I I think at the time, man, so this would have been like 1998. Uh, I was making like six fifty an hour, too. It, so it was rough. Don't spend it all in one place. No, I, well, Although the comic books well, at back the time, then was only man. $1.99. Yeah, it was fine. Um, it was tough. question I had for you <laughs> was um, I, I've interviewed beer writers on this show and brewers and stuff. And, and people who have jobs that when other people are doing leisure activities, right, you're working, right? And, and you're kind of on. And when you're filming something, like it's fun, you're having a great time. And you should be because that's part of the authenticity of what gets people to watch it. Do you ever, like, get resentful of, of the fact that, like, oh, I have to be on? Or do you ever get tired of smoking weed? No. Um, well, I do take tea breaks just because... Um, tea breaks. It's like a THC break. Okay. It's like, like dry January. I uh, kind of sure. do with cannabis every couple months just to kind of let the body recharge. Uh, 
I think the average consumption is like five milligrams in an edible. But for me to like kind of feel it, I need like 30 to 50. Oh, sure. So I'll like reset and let my body get back down to 510. So I never get sick of cannabis. I've been smoking it since I was about 16. Shout out to my dad who used to find it, throw it away <laughs> in the bag, in the trash can, so that I could still go back in the trash can and grab the bag. Um, so he's basically doing a token gesture. Yeah, like, he was like, stop smoking weed, and then chunk it. Yeah. Um, and now I'm leaving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't really get sick of it in terms of that. And in regards to being on, you know, I kind of get to pick my own battles. Like the cool thing about working with Mile High Life is Nate's like, hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, fuck, yeah, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And he's not like, hey, I need you to be super sober. He's like, don't drink and drive. And so I'm like, deal. And so like, it doesn't feel like I'm ever missing out on anything that I enjoy doing. And in fact, I think it's opened many more doors. So like getting to last week, for example, I went to Denver Comes Alive, which is a fundraiser for Backline Healthcare, which is for mental health for people in the live music and jam band scenes, because they've been disproportionate, you know, it's, it's a thing. And so we were there to help support it and promote it. I, I mean, I was still able to eat mushrooms and drink beer. And I mean, it's not hard to capture videos or photos. Sure. So as long as I'm still, you know, being authentic and eating mushrooms and drinking beer and telling people about how you should be at this concert and how it's going the next evening as well. I think it's okay. So if anything, it's open more days. So I don't ever have to feel like I have to turn it off. I'd say it's more like I'm ready to turn it back on. Like, let's get the – I get cabin fever. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. sit around. Like, I want to go out to eat five times a week, six times a week. I don't want to cook lasagna from Costco. I love right. Costco hot dogs. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not trying – you know. Sure. So it's the problem of – I want to turn it back on. I don't want to turn it off. Yeah. Uh, I have a similar issue where I found I wasn't writing enough or I was writing a lot for clients and I was losing the joy in writing. And I like – the way you described it with cabin fever, like I feel like I get itchy almost. Like I'm just like not comfortable in my own clothes. I'm like, I gotta fucking do something here. Uh -huh. And so it's like that desire to create and the fact that I get to, and I think, dude, this is why people get dissatisfied with their jobs. They find it creatively unfulfilling and everyone needs a creative outlet, which is why I think everyone has a fucking Etsy store. You know, like if, if you're, if you're working, I don't know, you know, in an accounting department somewhere, Maybe you like making bottle cap earrings on the side and you get some fulfillment out of that, but we all strive for that. And the fact that you and I get to do that for a living, I, I cannot feel more blessed by that. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, not only am I eternally grateful for the opportunity that I've been given and I guess earned, but at the same time, I'm unbelievably thankful for the community that we've got Yeah, because without them, none of this would be possible. I would still be doing the tech job or working in healthcare and I'd be fucking miserable. You know, like I, I hated working in I hated corporate sales. so much. I hated the healthcare sales because I was stuck in traffic and then, you know, and yeah. I was sitting there sucking a doctor's dick to get a signature and I didn't even believe, you know, that I was making a difference. I was just trying to make a commission. And at the tech job, my boss was leaving and he was like, man, let's get the fuck out of here. And I was like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. So I started trying to get the wheels in motion. So yeah, I am. I wake up every day, unbelievably stoked. And like, I don't have Sunday scaries. I get, I don't either. I get Sunday hangovers and moral hangovers from probably what I did the night before or like <laughs> looking at my bank account from how much I gambled, but I don't get Sunday scaries. Like I dread going to work on a Monday because Mondays for me means a breakfast burrito. It means the wine bars are closed, which stinks in Denver, yeah. but it also means, you know, an opportunity to try something new. Yeah.
100%. I don't get the Sunday scaries either. It's awesome, isn't it? It's fantastic. I still have Xanax, but I don't take them except for when I fly. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, what's next for you? In terms of growing this show, you mentioned you want to pivot to video. Or not pivot, but add video. Yeah. Right? And you've added another uh, another like weekly deal that you're doing. What else? Yeah, so um, I've recently become really good friends. I kind of teased it earlier with Scott DeHuff, one mm-hmm. of our coworkers at Mile High Life. And obviously he has a very, you know, he's heavily entrenched in the Denver community from a sports and just life perspective. And so I'm really fired up about dicking around with him this yeah. spring and summer. I know he's got kids, so I'm not sure what we'll do in the summer. We may do some more family-friendly oriented stuff. But we have a lot of cool ideas that we want to do just to showcase in video form of us goofing around. Um, Chris and I, Chris works for the Museum of Natural Nature and Science or Natural History. Cool. The one with the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. And he loves his job. So we're excited about going to a two-week episodes, uh, trying to open that door, maybe get Chris to quit, quit his job <laughs> one day. But at the same time, we're going to, we're really fired up about just showcasing all that Denver's got to offer in 23. You know, there's a bunch of new restaurants just last week that opened. The Ukrainian spot on Colfax or Hey Kiddo on Tennyson, Reckless Noodle on Cap Hill. Nice. Like there's those are just the nice locations, not to even mention the taco trucks and the you know, the walk plate truck. I think is what it's called on social media. It's Eric Volvano. He's doing like a Korean stuff. Like there's so many places and people doing great stuff in this community that I'm ready to get my fucking hands dirty, you know? And the fact that we're about to start season five of the, or we just started season five of the podcast and coming up on working a year with, you know, the mile high life team. I think we're starting to find our groove, and I'm going to try to blog. I'm dyslexic, so I can't write. So I have to get someone to edit everything. My, my wife is dyslexic too. So It's a bitch. Yeah. I don't know exactly where things go or if it's wrong or right. Ah. But shout out to the Mile High Life team for editing. So I'm going to blog a little bit about like things that should not be missed. So I'm ready to showcase some really cool stuff that's going on around Colorado well, this year. We got we to gotta have you come be a guest on Happy Friday sometime. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, and then... Yeah, man, uh, I'd love to collaborate with you. We'll come up with some ideas. That'll be fucking great. Dude, come join us on Stoned Appetite. We're going to be goof trooping all year. We got some new toys this year. So Goof trooping. Yeah, you know. Just, what, a, what a perfect term. That's exactly what it is. You get a crew together. You go polish off some dim sum. You know, there's a new dim sum spot that's opening in Aurora called Nana's. That's going to be awesome. But we'd love to have you come sit down with us. Come oh, you know, yeah. do a home and home. But our home is usually in somebody's dining room. So. Awesome. Well, okay, here's where we do plugs. Kip, where can people find you? Where can they find the show? Anything you want to plug, do it. Um, on social media, we're at stoned underscore appetite. Um, we're shadow banned as fuck just because we promote cannabis. So you'll have to type in the whole word <laughs> to find us. You can find all of our video content on Mile High Life as well. And Stoned Appetite will have a YouTube once we get that going. But you can find the podcast Stoned Appetite anywhere that you can listen to podcasts but check out the video stuff with me and DeHuff I'm really proud of what we've been starting to kind of churn out there and you know it it brings a little more face to the larger company as well we have a lot of cool people doing great stuff so check us out on my high life fantastic well Kip this was even better than I thought it was going to be and I'm excited to keep collaborating with you and I wish you nothing but continued success thanks John I appreciate you having me you have a lovely home and very furry animals (laughs) thank you and that'll do it for episode 345 of the John of All Trades podcast with Kip Wilson, host of Stoned Appetit, Michael Padre, and Mile High Life. Gave you the links where you can find him. Be sure to check those out. Those are in the companion blog piece at johnofalltrades.us or down in the show notes of your 
you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Audible, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your pods, it's in there. So as long as we're talking about those platforms, leave us a rating, leave us a review, hit that subscribe button, brand new episodes will come directly to you. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M.us. I am a communications consultant, so if you need some help getting your message to the people who need to hear it, I'm happy to provide you with that. If you have a podcast idea, there are nine of these things that I produce. I have some pretty good insight and help you get it going any way you'd like. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, 4Degrees can help you do that better. Building a website, doing email marketing campaigns, social media advertising. Basically, if you're trying to communicate in the digital space, 4Degrees can put together a campaign that is going to move the needle for you. They're fantastic. They've been with me since day one. I adore them. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Follow me on social. It's J-O-A-T pod across platforms. Facebook is the only place for exclusive episode previews. New episodes drop on Wednesdays. I've been on a reduced schedule. That's going to continue for the foreseeable future. Who knows where we go from here. I'm out of here for now. Wherever you are, I hope you are happy. I hope you are healthy. I hope you are fulfilled. Thank you for letting me be a part of your life. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.